it's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand. This. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go! Hi team, welcome to the Katmandu Coast to Coast 2022 Season 3 Episode 9, the wrap-up show. We've got quite the lineup tonight. We've got Bobby Dean, we've got Vicky Jones, Ethan Halliwell, Elena Usher, and finishing up with Braden Curry. So, um, and so super excited to get into the show tonight. Brought to you by Team CP, your endurance coaching specialist. And we've got Matt Sherwood hanging around in the background there somewhere, hoping to kind of push the right buttons, shimmy the show along because we've got five uh eager participants are they participants tonight yeah i think so yeah i think they've um clearly didn't go hard enough the weekend they all we, we spoke to them pre-show they've still got plenty of energy so um obviously uh they had a good day out and yeah can't get, can't wait to get into the show yeah absolutely no it should be good so um yeah looking to wrap up everything that was the weekend so big first of all uh big ups to glenn curry and his team for actually putting the event on there's been a lot said about that but they've done super well for just the commitment to say right we're going to figure out how we can make this happen. And I think that it is a really good job across the weekend um, with all their systems in place and their staff all over the place. Um, they've got a, a big logistic job to do. So so super stoked for them and and uh, and and the subsequent race that ensued as a result that they were they put on for us all. Yeah, I mean certainly I wasn't there this year, which was a, a, a bit out of the out of the calendar for me. I kind of felt a bit a bit envious. Um, probably not so when it was raining a few few uh, places that I saw, but um, Yep. Certainly, what I could see, you know, quite a different vibe. So, yeah, really keen to hear how the athletes found it. Um, and I guess the race organisers will take a few things out of this year and, and great to see that they could run the event under pretty uh, pretty trying conditions, both from a, a COVID perspective and weather. So, mm, Yeah, that's right. And, and it, from my perspective, it was like wasn't doing the event. Um, so, I mean, it always feels a bit different. And even the family said sort of it feels a bit weird to do this. Like, what are we doing? We don't know really what to do with ourselves, which is sort of a little bit the same as same as me. But at least I was able to get across there and uh, supported one of our athletes, Megan Farndale, who were coaching up north from up north. Her support crew pulled out a week prior. Unfortunately, they were not able to travel due to their job. So stepped in and Kate Crook and I, another coach, uh, were her support group for the weekend. So cool to be able to sort of be and and still be involved in the event and and help someone else out. Yeah, cool. So what um, what was your highlight for the weekend, Rich? Uh, probably, first of all, we had a bit of a, a Team CP get-together on Friday. So that was pretty cool, just to kind of uh, catch up with a few of the team and things beforehand. So that was pretty cool. And then the other bit was is really just that grit and determination, just that going deep uh, within the Hurt Locker during the event. And that, that happens on every level of the event, doesn't it? So even those that that were battling at the back end of the mountain run and and um and those that just made the cutoff or just missed the cutoff at the end of Klondike Corner and and uh and then groveling up into Porter's Pass and then and then the rain and things across the Canterbury Plains as you come down the old West Coast Road and can I make the cutoff to get into the into the boat and, and all the way to the front end of the field as well as those guys are really just pushing the envelope and just trying to beat one another up and not yeah. just the course coming at them other competitors. So I think that was the key thing, just that sort of how much it takes to actually get through this race in one piece and uh, both from a can I finish perspective but a can I compete perspective as well. 
Yeah, I thought when you were referring about going deep, I thought you were just talking about being a support crews. Probably a while since you've done it, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in the pain cave, that's right. You know, I had to negotiate the the three thirty a.m. Uh, start. So oh. actually, no, hang on, hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Do we need to do that? How about yeah, four a.m.? Exactly. Oh, yeah. So we sort of decided that was a bit idea in the end. Yeah, put it in only one yeah. breakfast, though. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cool. Well, let's get into that's the show. Uh, who who have we got first up? Yeah, cool. So as I mentioned right at the top of the show, we've got Bobby. Bobby Dean, we've got uh, Vicky Jones, Ethan Halliwell, Alina Usher, and Braden Curry. So we're going to um, grab Bobby Dean if he's available there. So um, just a bit of an intro on Bobby. We didn't see the, this year's fifth seed on the start line in 2021. He set out the year due to injury. Um, however, we saw Bobby Dean back on the start line this year for his sixth Kathmandu Coast to Coast. So Bobby's one of the youngest within that top 10 field and made his presence known coming in third behind Dougal Allen and race winner Braden Curry. Bobby, how are you getting on? All right, good, good. It's a story. Hey, Bobby, what was the goal for this year's event? Obviously, you're pushing the pace and, and mixing it up at the front of the field, but what were you thinking going into it? What was the sort of outcome that you're really shooting for? Was it that top spot, or I just um, want to do my best for you? What was your head? Yeah, I've, uh, I think my second go at the race, like six, oh, five years ago, I finished fourth, and from that point, I've always kind of had the goal of making the top three. It was like I just fell short that one time. Um, yeah. So every time since then, I've just always wanted to make that top, that podium, that top three. Yeah. So right. that's that was my, I guess, my yeah, that was my goal. It's always been my yeah. goal for a few years. And I've fallen short every other time. So it was really what good you, to get it. What are your other placings that you've managed to hit in previous years? So fourth in the second um, time round? So, 2020 I had a fourth as well um which yeah. was also a pretty close race um prior to that was a sixth and a fifth I think yeah yeah, yeah. So, so knocking on that door just needed a good day out um as a result we'll get into your event a little bit uh, in terms of how it unfolded and whether you felt it was a good day out um from your perspective but um a little bit of background for a start so you run a dairy farm you've got young kids how do you actually manage to fit any training at all um, into your day or is it actually just natural talent that you're shooting for um i guess there's i I'm, i do have some natural talent which is luck, lucky um I, I definitely don't do as much training as some people um then i guess yeah everything's just a it's a big juggling act and it sometimes sometimes it's actually really stressful and i feel like i'm doing a shit job of all three like sport farm and being a dad um yeah and it, and it does it's like feels like a big weight on the shoulders sometimes um mm. yeah and then other days everything goes to plan and it's and it's good you feel like you're winning life um yeah so it is it's every it's just always a squeeze fitting in training it's always squeezing in 45 minute runs when it's lunchtime and just yeah or, or out late at night after kids have gone to bed <laughs> um yeah, or sitting yeah. on the bike wind trainer when you when it, Fits in, so yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's being a dairy farm, generally, generally time is tough because you're up early and things like that. That tiredness in monks training must be hard, like just managing the yeah. fatigue. Yeah, I guess that's also when it sort of feels like a big weight on the shoulders um, when you're working hard and then you feel like you can't achieve the training. I can't achieve the training that I want to do. Um, mm. But at the same time, the farm work is like good physical work is, is a form of training um does help it does make me stronger <laughs> yeah 
it's it is a little bit of training so yeah nice yeah good stuff so so standing on the start line and what was the uh, game plan what was bobby's game plan in terms of how you're going to tackle this and and uh, was it a was it um, i'm going to sit back or was i'm going to attack the field and just give it heaps or, or just try and follow the leader a little bit and see what happens yeah i guess once i heard Braden was entered i because i kind of thought uh, most of the field that was entered on the start list um probably wouldn't push the first half of the race very hard they would all sort of just take it as it came and then once i seen Braden was entered i knew that the race would be different um the, the start would be fast and i knew that he would i assumed he would take off pretty fast on the mountain run um i so i kind of just thought well if we go fast i'm just gonna go right from the start line i'll go fast um Good. And I just wanted to make sure I made that first bunch, um, which was pretty comfortable. And then I guess my race plan was to run. Uh, in the past, I've done the run. I've run really hard because it's my strength um, mm -hmm. and tried to capitalize on it um, and like and race to my strength. Whereas this year, I kind of went in with a different approach of I was going to run just smooth and fast and build my way into the day and be stronger later on. So run fast but not exert myself too much try and yep. try and keep a lid on it um and then be able to race yeah stronger in the second half of the race because in the past it's kind of been a bit of a like it's hit me it hit me later on in the day um yeah. yeah and then also once the course changed i thought that even more so because i thought that big ride would hurt if i had run too hard yeah so yeah um and that that kind of was how my my, yeah, it was my race plan, and that was pretty much how it planned out. I kind of, yeah, nice. yeah I let Braden run away because I didn't want to burn myself for later in the day. Yep, yep. How did you feel that run went since that's your strength? And, hey, I'm just trying to kind of manage myself a little bit there. How did you feel it actually went for you? Like, was that sort of a time that you, hey, it's pretty respectable anyway, or maybe I was a bit slow off that? Like, how did you feel that that went? Yeah, um, it went good. I felt really good. Um, I haven't been focusing on any sort of running speed because that run generally isn't fast. Um, and yep. then I could see that during the race. Like every time there was flat a bit or even down the grass at the start, Braden was just peeling away. Um, and then in the rocks and like most of the way up, I could see Braden sort of 100 metres up or 200 metres up in front of me. And he was sort mm -hmm. of there. We were moving pretty similar place over the rough stuff. Um, yeah. But every time he got on a little grassy track, he's just so fast and he would just get some more distance on me. It's kind of yep. strange to think of the run um, that like actually the pace on the bits where you can run really fast is, it does help. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's definitely crazy to think of that yeah. he's just, yeah, I guess attacking those sections that he can get through well um, and, and yeah. you're noticing that as you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I actually felt, but yeah, it's probably one of the best runs I've had. I felt, I felt really in control. I wasn't, I didn't exert myself at all, and I ran over it pretty smooth. I made one, one colossal stuff up and like missed one of the tracks up in big boulders, and then decided just to, I'll just push it through, and I'll, because I, I didn't think it was a very big one, and then I kind of got bluffed out because the river was high, and ended up bashing oh, right. through the bush. For, I don't know, it wasn't too far, probably 20 metres to get onto the track. Um, so it just made it work. And just trying to not stress about it because as long as you're going, it, it's good. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, going, going in the right kind of direction and moving forward. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So obviously, your race plan uh, and sort of running and cycling with useful legs because you're not completely ruined from the mountain run. Um, I mean, cycling generally rewards those that put the hours in and really dedicate to it. Sort of, how did you train for that the, the cycling component based on your background? Sort of on those questions that we said initially. Like, is it lots yeah. of swift or is it actually just getting out and doing some long rides on a weekend? What happens for you? Um, so, I oh, way back last year, um, September, October, my intention was to race Motu and walk a 100 miler. Yep. Um, so I did quite a big block of indoor training, basically, um, like three times a week indoor at night. Um, and I built my my bike strength up real like huge compared to usual at that time of the year. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And then I had a really good cycling race at Motu and then Walker 100 was postponed, which didn't yep. work out for me. Um, but I, I'd still and then from then I've sort of just maintained my strength um and then built everything else up as well um yeah yeah, yeah. and then yeah and it's normally riding twice a week with a big ride on the weekend is about that's about my bike training yeah nice nice so so to summarize it what was your favorite bit of the race for you what was the sort of key thing um, that was actually that was pretty cool this year obviously with the different course with the massive bike ride shorter paddle etc weather conditions yeah i really enjoyed the run over goat pass um, cause just cause I felt good. Um, and then I guess my biggest highlight was probably the feeling of catching Ryan on the last ride when he had got me in the paddle. Um, I managed oh, really? to run yep. him down and yeah, and get him at the, get him at the end. So it feels like all the hard work was worth it. All those, all those indoor trainer sessions of sweating, they were worth it for that one, that 12 kilometer ride at the end there. I was able to catch him and get him <laughs> yeah yeah and he's right. a good so you guys are I wasn't sure I wasn't sure getting on that bike if I would be able to catch him or not you guys were playing some cat and mouse all day weren't you in terms of sort of toing and froing throughout the course and and so he he was in front of you into the paddle no you were in front of him into the paddle and he passed you during the paddle yeah yeah he passed me about 20 kilometers down the paddle um yep. Yep. yeah I, I I guess I was in front of him out of the run we got on the bikes um, I actually seen Dougal coming and I thought it was him behind me on the bike. And I was like, oh, and then I was actually really surprised that it was du that it was Dougal and not Ryan. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which then made me think, oh, I must be going all right. Because I'd been told when I got on the bike that Ryan was behind me. And he, uh, I know he's a good cyclist. Um, yeah. And then I, I guess I lost a little. I, I had a decent ride. Um, I actually got a flat as soon as I hit the gravel. So I ended up. I quickly pulled my bike shoes off and ran the road, the gravel road. Um, so I probably lost a little bit of time there um, into the boat. <laughs> I was just running, kind of running. trying to minimise what damage, I guess. I, was, oh, I knew Ryan. I knew Ryan was coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's pretty epic, um, especially running in gravel uh, in socks down to the boat yeah. and run, almost running scared that you know you're being hunted down. That's, that's pretty yeah. rough. Yeah, it was, that wasn't a very good road to run on either. Quite sharp stones. Yeah. I'm sure um, if you send a message to Glenn, we'll do something about it, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so every every time we race, we take something away from every event. What was your kind of key takeaway from this year's event? Um, yeah. Uh, it's just... 
I just had a really good day and I was just stoked day. Yeah. Um, good. Yeah. It was, that was my, I, like everything kind of went, yeah, I guess I just achieved my goal, which was the biggest, as I took away from it. It was like, is actually I got what I wanted from it. So sounds to me like just trust the process, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and trust the training as well, and and actually just the way you paced yourself was was good. That's a big old tick in the box. Let's do that again. Yeah. Thanks very much. As a as a pretty good blueprint yeah. for you to race this race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well done, Bobby. Uh, it was good to see you going fast out there. Um, I'm sure we'll see you on the start line again, possibly next year. That's a, a oh, question. No. It's too, early. Door, but, um... too early to say. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, congrats on uh, on your efforts this year and uh, all the best for your events coming up this year and into the future, eh? Yeah, thank you. Good job. Well done, Billy. Bobby, sorry. Okay. Well done. Yeah. See you. Yep. Um, I think that some of the things I take out of when we when we talk to these people is that they, they all have jobs, they all have families, and they all got to squeeze in training somewhere, don't they? And it, it takes different forms, um, whether it's... Um, as you said, late nights or early mornings, it's just you just got to make it work, don't you? And I guess when you're at that end of the field, it's or actually any end of the field, it's um, it's just listen to your body, isn't it? Go go hard when you can, but kind of rest up when you have to. Mm, yeah, that's right. And cool to hear um, someone competing at that level that's doing life uh, to that level as well. And, yeah. and obviously, probably the other thing is is just the support that he's got from home and, and everything to be able to help that happened yeah, which is yeah. pretty cool and Anna her, his wife has has competed in this event so kind of understands that which, which would make a, a pretty yeah. good difference as well so yeah. let's crack on with the show cool. we've got Vicky Jones next lined up in the in the in the stall so Vicky was the final person to get across the finish line in New Brighton on Saturday by beating all of the cutoffs um, and in doing so completing an epic longest day Kathmandu coast to coast so pretty stoked for Vicky um, a, a massive effort and uh and she had a point to prove after breaking her boat in the paddle a couple of years ago, which made getting to the finish line this time around even sweeter. Uh, Vicky, there was some some big high fives going down that finishing shoot. You're pretty happy to be there, eh? Oh, absolutely. It was, it was an amazing feeling. Yeah, great support. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. You had lots of support out on course. Uh, obviously, a crew from Ash Burton that you were training with and things, and and lots of sort of uh, cheering going on in the in the sort of miserable, murky kind of rain that was Saturday afternoon. I'd have to say, I think they got me that three minutes I needed to get into that kayak. <laughs> yeah. As I was coming into that last bike crowd, I knew I had that like straight of like 27 Ks and I knew I was pushing for time. I was like trying mm. to hang in there. But when I came along yeah. and seen about like, I don't know, 10 different groups of my friends and, you know, as you know, my motorsport um, crew that were cheering yeah. me along. Unfortunately, gutted they couldn't be doing the event themselves that day. But um, yeah. yeah, bloody fantastic. They came out and supported me. Got me That's in that right. time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I saw you a couple of times down there, and you're going like a rocket. It was great to see down on the drops. Um, I have to ask though, sure was, was it cold? Like you had no no arm warmers. You had sort of a singlet tying the top on. I was almost shivering watching you. I think my top tip for there is train in really, really bad weather. So when you get weather like that on race day, it's really not that bad. <laughs> okay. So it was okay. So, like you weren't super, super frozen so, to the core. You're okay. I think I was 100 percent in the zone, just knowing I needed to just 100 percent focused on getting to that um, that cutoff. To be fair, well, yeah. I didn't actually really feel cold at all. No, it's just okay. Yeah, in that zone, trying to hit that time. Yeah, work it, work it. So, so Vicky, let's take a step back. Why did you want to do the longest day in the first place? Why um, a challenge? Isn't that why you do the coast to coast? Yeah, like, totally, or especially yeah. aiming for the longest day or something like that. Um, yep. I had done the two day previously and um, yeah, really enjoyed it. As you know, when you do the coast, 
the people get to meet and train, train with are amazing. So, yeah, I, just, I guess I wanted a wee bit more of that, but then wanted to take the next step and take that next challenge. Yeah, yeah. let's just see if I can, doesn't it? That's where the longest day comes in. It's like, yeah, I think I might be able to do that and sort of string that together. So, as I mentioned before, this is a second crack at the longest day. How yeah. did your preparation differ this time around compared to that first time? Um, I guess already having a wee bit of experience with that, that first time, I think um, I had an amazing crew, which which helped, and we just sort of talked about all the scenarios that could possibly happen. So we did actually pre-talk about that I could be just coming into that kayak in time. So they yeah, they nailed getting me in there and getting me in there really quick. And yep. and I did talk to them about when we had that new halfway meet with the longer ride. I did talk to them and say, look, high chances are I probably won't want much there. Like I yep. could just just pull out the drink bottles out of the bag if I bite, chuck more drink bottles and go. And yeah, so that was okay, pretty cool. much how we rolled. I got up there and they were like trying to get me across for more layers. I'm like, there's no time for that. I may have dropped a spear red in a rush. <laughs> and okay, so cool. I've just got to go. Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, I love you and carried on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. It's all okay. It's all right. We'll be, yeah. we'll be good after that. Yeah, no, that's yeah. so good. So um, my next question was, but you've already almost actually already answered it. So you've got a great group of athletes you train with. So across that how's training, it? how's that helped for you in terms of uh, all those others that you kind of, Get it got out there and did stuff with and supported each other how's it helped i think yeah i think just with the group and the way they are i think it's just everyone's willing to give the tips you know help each other out and and i guess we all kind of learn a wee bit off each other and yeah yeah and of course without them you know what it's like for that um coast to coast i really want to train running goats pass or going down the way meet by yourself do you it's not not the most ideal situation but yeah yeah great companionship and just yeah really supportive and yeah Awesome, nice, nice. Um, so you were close to the cutoffs and you obviously realized that you were close. Did that affect how you actually raced the whole day, like in terms of your run and, and the previous bits? Obviously, as you got closer, you're starting to realize how close it was, but but did that change yeah. your race plan at all earlier on? Um, I guess you know, if the change of the race slightly, I was watch watching the watch, watching the time, but also trying not to um let it consume you you know what i mean you know mm-hmm. i knew that i could get through these things in certain times and it was just staying focused on not um trying to go too hard and falling over a rock or doing something crazy and throwing right. yourself at it too much it was about you still going hard and still getting it done but just pacing it was going to be the full day still that bike ride was going to be in there and be a bit longer and yeah it was really just yeah just chipping away i guess you say keep going forward but being being aware of the time but but still i, I guess um racing your race plan, not losing yeah. sight of that. You know, not trying yeah. to chase somebody, you know, just because that person's going past, you know what I mean? It's just, just yeah. yeah, taking it off as you go. What was your toughest part of your longest day? That bit that you're in the hurt locker is actually, why am I here? Did you have any of those moments? Like, what am I doing? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Um, there was a wee bit of mental games in there, to see when you're watching the, the watch, like, especially in that bike ride, you know, like, um, going shit, you've got to keep going to, to get through this. And when I got to the top and seen the time, I thought, this is a ridiculous amount of Ks to get in and the time I've got to do. Like, how am I going to do this? But then we had talked, I had talked about it with you as well, and we had talked that um, that it was downhill and not to give up, that it would be a slower, the pace, average pace would be down, and to expect that. Yep. And as you yep. would know, the headwind going uphill and torrential oh, yeah. rain was quite funny. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, so when I got sort of was coming up to the top going, oh, man, this seems pretty, I can't even remember what the, the Ks were now. I wish I could. But yeah, yeah, I guess I just thought, right, I've actually got to give this a crack. I've got to rely on this downhill and just put my head down and, and go for it, really. 
yeah 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 no that's that's so good and and uh last time you had some bad luck didn't quite manage to finish due to someone else actually crashing into your boat and breaking your rudder um after we talked <laughs> about the fact that oh you're probably going to be paddling by yourself and that ended up happening so how was your port <laughs> this time around big brown dirty river bank to bank oh it was quite funny because yeah i haven't actually paddled that river before and then wasn't really sure where i was going but i knew i had to make it to a big bridge <laughs> so no, i was like yeah. just keep an eye on that but because i was so rushed when i got in the boat and then i didn't start my watch and because i wasn't familiar with the river i had no idea where i was on it so i didn't know if i was you know 10 k's away five you know like how far away i was from um getting to that bridge and because it was so rainy and and foggy i keep thinking i seen the bridge but it was a bit like a line of like trees or something <laughs> yeah, i was like yeah. no not the <laughs> but yes and once again with the river being um dirty it was hard to predict um the lines as easy um sometimes you think you'd be in deep water then the paddle would hit the bottom you're like oh no not that's not deep <laughs> so yeah but um but still enjoyed it it was still yeah and i was pretty much out there by myself but um yeah yeah Yep. So obviously in a, a positive, positive frame of mind, I'm, I'm getting this done. This is good. Um, I'm just going to yeah. keep on keeping on kind of thing. And, uh, and you made it, which is awesome. Um, so sort of just to summarize for you on this year's event experience, what, what are one or two key sort of takeaways um, that you've taken away or learned from this time around? Um, learned from this time around. I think I always try and be like adaptable and things like that. Um, Cause that's what the coast is about. You're going into this, um, adventure, well, not adventure race, you know, like race that can throw all sorts of things at you. You don't know what's going to come around the corner. And I think, um, as Bobby said before, when he went the wrong way, and then he was like, oh, well, you just got to pull yourself through, don't you? Just go, okay, it was too late to go back. Just let's move forward, bush hack through this bush and get the job done. Yep. So, like, yeah, like even in that first race, my rudder fell off and it was all, yeah, thing you just said, get a rock, smash it back in and try and carry on. It's just, um, <laughs> just, um, just adapt and just just go with it be my thing don't get too try to get too tied up in the mental game of it just keep moving forward yeah yeah you did all this hard work you raced the race how did you celebrate yeah how did i celebrate well i think richard knows how i celebrate <laughs> i must admit on that last little bike ride i was really sucking back the hydration all i could in the front of my bike so i knew i was going to be having a wine at the end <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it was definitely celebrating all weekend. Yeah, I didn't get home till Sunday night, so everyone's keen to celebrate. Yeah, definitely yeah. tick that box. <laughs> yeah, there's always yeah. more energy in the tank, isn't there? That's what we keep telling ourselves. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Hey, uh, well done, uh, Vicky. Um, great day out. Um, will we see you back next year? Oh, I have to say, it's going to be a tight one to get in, isn't it? This balance <laughs> thing or something like that. I don't think everyone's going to find it pretty hard to get back in. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah we'll see what happens. No, it's good. Yeah, that's right. Good to see you out there. Good to see your smile on your face. And uh, and, and well done for your efforts over the course yeah. of this year. Good stuff, Aggie. Exactly. Yeah, super stoked for you. And uh, yeah, super stoked to be able to cheer you on. And, and uh, amazing to make yeah. contact finish line. So I'm sure the celebrations haven't finished yet. Keep keep charging. Got a bit more of that to do before <laughs> we have to think about the next thing, don't we? True. Yeah, okay. Well done. okay, take Thanks, care. Guys. See you. So cool. Oh, sorry, hey, just yeah. on that um, ballot thing as well, just sort of to a bit of a heads up for everybody that's listening for that one. So, um, but they they haven't got dates sort of officially out just yet in terms of when that will happen. Um, that's generally sort of the start of March. But the the 
the process is going to change a little bit this year rather than last year was just like quick let's enter fast and the first people in were there so this year they're going to actually have it open for a week five days and then everyone can enter and then basically they'll just pull a name out of the hat is how it's going to happen this time around so it's a bit of luck of the draw and it's going to be a bit tougher obviously with the with the rollover from people that weren't, weren't able to finish and maybe those Australians that hopefully can come and join us this time around are waiting there too so it'll be a wee bit tricky in terms of entries unless we can bend Glenn's arm maybe to do a December event or something like that Matt. Yeah maybe just do it do um just do it twice that week, I reckon, because uh, yeah, I guess the other side of the race, um, we haven't seen any internationals for a couple of years, so I'm sure there'll be plenty yeah. of those people wanting to get over here. So, yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think we just do the double next year, eh? Yeah, that's, that's good. <laughs> Pretty long stage, yeah. Yeah, no, no, perfect. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so we've got cool. Ethan Halliwell up next. Ethan uh, won the mountain run section, so we've got to we we can't forget that. That's uh, cool that these guys were able to be able to tow the start line as well. Yeah. About 80, 90 odd competitors um, in that event, and uh, yeah, great just to again have an event that uh, is able to be run. So um, yeah, three thirty four. It's a pretty hot time there, Ethan. You must be pretty happy with your day out. Yep. No, I am uh, very happy with how. Uh, um went and uh i've managed to survive body and all because it's um yeah i didn't think running could be dangerous but um that's actually a wee bit of a dangerous run <laughs> <laughs> it certainly is um tell us a little bit about your background ethan and uh like is this have you have you done a bunch of running before or is this kind of your first sort of crack at a bit of adventure running or, or trail running Where, what have you done in the past uh just dabbled in a bit of running in the last sort of few uh, few years because it's so easy to do you can just like grab a pair of shoes go out in the rain or the dark and and do it but um, mainly mountain biking when I left school I used to do um, downhill mountain biking and um, represented the junior New Zealand team uh, for the under 19s back in the day but um, no just been working um, and I've got a one-year-old so um, I've got my own business and that's sort of been the main focus for the last sort of three and a half years. But um, yeah, like I say, running's so easy. You just go out whenever you want, rain, hail, and just get it done. Nice. So that downhill mountain biking must help the old send it on the downhill off goat pass and uh, and see what happens, eh? Yeah, well, I ran goat past over the holidays and generally you get to the top of the hill and you think it's pretty easy down, but down of goat past is just as hard as the up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it certainly is. Yeah, it's not all down either. That's the other thing you've got to remind yourself. But uh, but clearly you went, went uh, pretty well there. So so why? What, what was the reason that you wanted to actually line up for the mountain run? Um, well, it was actually a bit of a bummer, but my... Um, best mate entered the two-day course as a family event with um, his dad and that, and uh, they uh, and he didn't tell me for a couple of days, and I was like, oh, well, I'm not having this, having him um, run the mountain run and and me not doing it because I'm uh, I'm the runner and he's a keen motocross rider, so um, yeah. I went straight on the wait list and um, didn't tell him, and then as soon as I got off the wait list, oh, he's the first person to call that um, it was going to be me and him having the battle. Because um, he hasn't been uh, lucky enough to beat me in a running race yet, so and it's not normally how it goes. He's normally he's normally a bit better at things than me. Yeah, yeah. so you've got to rub that in, and and how here here you are now you're famous, so you have to share this with him as well. 
he, yep, yep, yep. No, he might even be listening. So, um, g'day, Sam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so good, so good. So, was your goal for race day just to sort of go and send it, or, or did you think that you might have a chance just in terms of how you were going? Like, did you or, or a time in mind based on uh, sort of training runs? What were you lining up thinking on the start line? Um. So, yeah, on the start line, I'd done a run over Christmas. So I'd done about um, two and a half months worth of sort of training. I'm always re reasonably fit, uh, but two and a half months of sort of um, running and trail running. Um, mm -hmm. And I'd checked the times, done a, a lap over over Christmas and thought that I could probably do pretty well. Um, but then 10 days prior to the start, I actually got a stomach bug that came through the family out of nowhere. We all went down with it. Um, yeah. And so it gave me about uh, seven days and um, just plays with your brain so much. Um, so I um, moved and I did a lot of Googling that anything from the neck down is okay. Um, so on the start line, it was a real bit of a scary brain thing going on whether I was going to make it over or not. But I managed to get one decent run in before. So I thought, yep, that um, my times would compare to be right. But you never hope, know who turns up on the day either. Yep, yep, no, 100%. So, I mean, it's great that you're actually able to be do it, doing it and obviously a bit of a, a last-minute weight loss situation going on there to help you out. Your powder rate ratio has improved. Yeah, it was. I was um, just, yeah, when you go down like that and you haven't had it before and it's so close to the event, you're not really sure how everything works. Um, and uh, when a couple of people are asking how it went, I sort of said it was a 60-40 um, race, like 60% of the time I felt good. 40% of the time I had like a just a bit of stomach issues and just just learning I don't know much and I yeah have never taken too much advice I just listen to the body and yeah nice. sort of go out and just try and enjoy it as much as I can so it's um yeah definitely fun to learn um yeah yeah that's great advice as well um like of that training run how did the race day differ from the training run in terms of what you're expecting because obviously the rivers were up it was like oh are we actually even going to be able to run over goat pass so how did how did that look to you compared to what you're expecting so i ran it on the uh the 23rd of january um and uh i reckoned the rivers were up but not i thought it was perfect conditions i thought it was great when i heard seen the weather and we drove past it that night. I just thought, man, we are so lucky. That river is um, crystal clear. And I know that there was a couple of extra little streams, but um, yeah, by eye, I thought maybe up an extra eight inches or something. So um, I thought we were lucky. And I um, took the time when we did the practice run to check out a few different things because you'd hear hear about these, like, not all cuts, but faster moving ground and stuff. So we took our time on um, the training run and I knew exactly what I had to do um, once I came off that paddock. Um, so, yeah, I just got it done. Yeah, so good, so good. That, that's awesome, isn't it? And uh, if it was the day before, it probably would have been a different situation, maybe running over Arthur's Pass. So, again, great to be able to actually do that. So um, so how were you feeling towards the back end of the race? How did it actually unfold for you? Did you sort of have a pretty clean run when I felt like I went the right way most of the time? Um, how, did you, how did your run go for you? Um, yep, so at the start of the race, I went and looking at 
few different years of times, I thought maybe I'd definitely be in the top 10, but maybe I could, I could if I wasn't feeling good because, you know, you have your good and your bad days and you just never know what you're going to get dealt really on the day. And I thought, well, if I was having a bad day, I should be around about eighth. Started off, because I haven't been doing heaps of pace work, um, at about eighth through the paddock. And then I reckon within the first maybe 500 metres of the river I was in first because I knew that as soon as I come around from where we crossed the river that to look for this uh, little peninsula that you had to, I ducked into the track there, um, yeah, it was all good. And I think one benefit I've got is um, when I'm racing, I'm not much of a daydreamer, so I'm pretty, I know exactly sort of where I want to go. I knew the tracks and the points and the... Um, things that I'd marked out that I thought were going to be fast for me um, and I'm constantly watching my steps. I don't, cause sometimes when I go out for a run it's nice to look at the clouds and the trees and stuff but um, the whole time when I'm racing I don't get to, I don't look at anything nice or think. <laughs> yeah, no that's awesome. Uh, how was the last 1k across the across the, the rocks at the finish line because that gets a bit ugly doesn't it? Underneath that railway bridge, how'd you, how were the legs faring there? Had you had enough by that stage or still got a bit of oomph in the tank? Uh, no, I was pretty um, buggered by then. Um, I started getting cramp um, a wee bit and just when I stopped moving from a normal pace. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty keen to get in. But, yeah, it was fun having Braden Curry because I follow these guys on Instagram because I just like everything um, multi-sport like that. And I'd been watching Sam Manson and Dougal Allen doing all their prep. And I was like, oh, these guys are going to be the ones out the front. Yeah. And But I didn't think beforehand how close they would be to us coming up. And I was like, yeah. damn, this second place guy snuck up behind me. And I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's that Braden Curry. Um, <laughs> but he passed me and he is just like within 300 metres, he'd gained about 50 metres. This is right before the Goat Pass hut. Um, and his legs looked to be moving very efficiently, and then I thought, oh, well, this is going to be great. I'm going to be able to um, cheer Sam Manson and Dougal on and get the boys pumped up. But he's only just ahead, but, man, he was a long way ahead. The um, second place, I think it was Bobby, um, and that didn't pass me down to the flats. He was, that Braden Curry was um, fair moving <laughs> and quite a Maybe wee way ahead. You Maybe it was because you were going so fast on the downhill, Ethan. I'd give you a bit of credit for that. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah. I mean, you, you certainly you certainly were quicker than anybody else doing the same event. So, um, yeah, what, what was your um, what was your key learning for the, for the event, for the race? Uh, key learning, um, just to learn. I need to learn more of um, my body and what it is capable of. But, like, yeah, like I said, the 60% good 40% average I think I could fix that out a little bit by um, well I adapted to them pretty good like my stomach started to feel funny so I didn't I was too scared to eat because I didn't want to make it worse so learning would be just to maybe I take out of that race that I need to prepare better but also having that time I might have thrown things up but there was just a lot of weak curveballs that I was thinking about the stomach the cramp uh, did I have enough water? What type of food should I be eating? I tested all my food before. Like I never, I didn't take anything that I hadn't had before because I knew that was like 
a rule of running but um yeah i've still got lots to learn to do and i'd love to do the longest day um so yeah but i need to learn all these things because i would hate to have had stomach problems you know and you've just started the run and you've still got the kayak and a bike to go and yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome well done ethan hey stoked that you managed to to finish well and, and finish strong and, and get through and, and just have a good positive day out and you've got a good story to tell as a result of it as well yeah yeah um, yep. yep no thanks well to um thanks to everyone that turned up like the spectators and stuff that could turn up that was a brings everyone home that helps you on your last k along and um just uh, take my hat off to the people organizing event with the COVID and the weather like everything seemed to be thrown at them and um everyone that's asked me i just yeah they know the coast to coast but it's um done very blowing my expectations out of the water with how the event was run all the people around it was great Sweet. Cool. Well done. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Ethan. Thank we'll, you. Um, see you on the start line of the long stay next year, eh? Yep. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well done. Well, job. Yeah. Yeah. It's good it's to like, yeah. um, it's good to hear that the guys that are going real fast still get cramped. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? And he was leading the mountain the, the longest day for a long time as well, wasn't he? All the way up yeah. to Grand Pass. So, yeah. so how good is that? And also oh, uh, obviously running pretty well on the down to hold a few of those other guys off as well. So yeah, yeah well done. That's that's super good, Ethan. Um, stoked that you had a good day out. Yeah. Uh, okay. So our next guest is has uh, has done the race a couple of times before. Um, yep, yep. Absolutely. Can tell so, us about our next guest. Yeah, so Alina Asher, uh, a bit of a legend of the coast to coast. Seventeen times this was this is number seventeen for her. So she's no stranger to that coast to coast experience with the um, four longest day titles and now the sixth time placing second. So she's always there or thereabouts up in the mix, which is pretty cool. It was definitely a tight race out in front with the elite woman only minutes separating um, the race eventual race winner Simone Meyer um, and also with Alina and then Fiona Dowling in third by a whisker as well so pretty cool um to be mixing it up and and alina that it wasn't just all one-way traffic as well there was there was a bit going on during the race and a bit of toing and throwing um figuring out sort of placings as you went so uh it must be pretty exciting from your perspective to be a part of that and sort of being in the mix of the potentially sort of getting across the line first as well yeah hello sorry i wasn't able to hear you Okay, sorry, I was just saying how exciting it must have been for you to be involved in that sort of tight racing in the women's field. Yeah, sure. It's always exciting and it's always a hard race. So um, it was amazing that we were able to race on Saturday. Obviously, there was COVID and then there was flooding and everything. So um, it was great that we still still managed to do a great uh, day out there. Yeah, good stuff. So this is your 17th. Kathmandu Coast to Coast, and it's a, it was one that was very different from normal for a whole bunch of reasons that we've already talked about. But how did you approach your how do you approach your training, your build up? Is it kind of the same sort of set pattern every year, or do you have a bit of a different focus this year? How did you do your training for a start? Um, I did pretty solid winter build up uh, base training, um, and then I raced motor challenge in October and I realized that I had actually a lot of fatigue in my body, especially in my legs. Yeah. And then I unfortunately had to take some time off from biking and running and just uh, try to get on top of top of things. And it was a little bit stressful because I knew I didn't have too much time to work on my recovery before I really need to start my coast to coast build up if I wanted to be serious about the race. So um, yeah. uh, it was um, time and I decided I just started to do a little bit more kayaking 
and my husband Richard was um, keen to help me with that. So we did a little bit of like a kayak focus um, November, December time. And cool. um, then I slowly started doing a little more more running, not too much, not too much long running though. And then biking, we kept kept it just uh, focus on time trialing really because that's been in my in my it's been my weakness in the past. Yeah. So um, it was slightly different build up, but I have got used to doing. And yes. um, I was a little bit maybe unsure how how things were going. Mm -hmm. So um, it was yeah. yeah. That's cool. Great to be adaptable in that. And obviously sort of the, the kayak focus maybe just decreases the amount of sort of load. It's not quite so hard on your body, is it? Isn't it? So you sort of uh, it's just it much you recover kayak from kayaking much easier because you are using obviously you are using smaller muscles and there is no impact like there is when you're doing running. And um, how I felt the fatigue was really mainly mainly in my legs. And um I I really had to recover from beds. To be able to um, have have some sort of a race. That's right. To uh, be in the coast, otherwise, yeah, it yeah would to have give yourself an opportunity. Walk, walk, walk through the walk through the course if if I had the same same tiredness in the legs what I had earlier in the season. Yeah, nice. So going looking at your race in terms of how it unfolded. So I was at the that first transition and and it was also sort of uh, hanging out at the railway bridge when you first come through. So. So you were down. Simone was in front of you off the, in that first bike ride by quite a margin. I don't know what it was now, but but you definitely had some time to make up there. And then I was quite impressed and surprised to see you that that you and Simone were together. So you obviously had caught her, and 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 you were running ahead and looked like you were pushing the pace over that last K over that rocky section to the finish line. So how did that run unfold for you? And 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 were you expecting that? Is that something that you sort of trained for? Or tell us a little bit more about that your mountain run. Um, I actually had a pretty good start from the beach. I still have some speed in my legs. I was just with the other other <laughs> young girls and Simone was there as well. It was not until we had about 25 k's to go on the first ride when there was a bunch of speedy guys coming through. I think it was the second crew who just started five minutes behind um, us in the morning. And um, Simone was able to jump on their wheel. And I just sort of um, lost it because I was... Few, few riders behind so yeah unfortunately i was not able to catch the punch and then it was just quite uh stressful and disappointing to see those um guys just disappearing seeing the red backlight flashing and they were disappearing from us quite quickly and yeah. then i thought okay that was it today <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> so yeah. but you can't stress about yeah, that can stress, you? Um, for the second second and third so um being the run start i took it a little bit easy because as i said i didn't have that confidence that i had been doing quite as much running but i normally would do for coast to coast yep. so and also because last year i was suffering from really quite um, bad cramps on the run so i just decided to take it a little bit easier until the first uh, river crossing and otira wasn't too high this time but from there it was actually starting to be quite full on so um a deception was running pretty high and for me as being a smaller person one, some of the crossings were pretty much up to my neck Jesus, so yeah. i just really had to focus on my own doing i couldn't even remember that simone was in front of me anymore because i just uh, needed to make sure that i got through that section in one piece without taking <laughs> two, two major swims there and um, 
there was just uh, I think about after 45 minutes of running when I start seeing Simone and then I was just rolling my eyes I was like oh is that really true or am I just dreaming but yes it was Simone and then I caught her quite quickly but I was pretty sure that she was gonna jump on my tail so yes she did and we did most of the run together yeah 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 she should have just tracked you and then then what happened after that so you run out run got off the mountain run together um she's a pretty mm. strong cyclist so so what happened on your bike ride and then sort of in the back end of the race into the bike etc yeah i was always aware of that that simone is an amazing rider and i was not very confident about my road riding especially for long distance and and having um half of it's like just pretty much a big uphill yeah. um so i was um I was 100% confident that she was going to come through pretty soon. And that's what happened. I was not even trying to follow her because her pace at that stage was just uh, crazy fast. She was going much, much faster than most of the guys. So um, yeah. I just say, okay, see you later. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I really struggled up um, um, to both this pass. I think the run actually took a little bit more energy out of me, what I realized. Mm -hmm. And I was just... Um, trying to keep the base steady and just um, make it through over those biggest biggest uphills. And I think it just helped because um, we had an aid station on top of Fortress. So I got some nice carrot cake there and some yeah. some gold. So. Yeah. Carrot cake, that's a winner. I like it. I, I think I'll so, have to use that in the future. So I was able to replace some some energy what I lost there earlier on. And yeah. um, I start feeling a bit better. And obviously the road is was easier and it is a flat road slightly slightly downhill from there all the way to a kayak, kayak transition so it was not too painful i think i was actually catching catching him on a little bit but then um fiona was storming through just it was about eight days before the kayak transition she passed yeah. me and then i was like well uh i just <laughs> i just have to toughen up now and keep up with her uh yeah. i can't just give up you know and yeah. then the Pretty much we got to transition at the same time. Right. And yes. Yeah, yeah. So so obviously, so you guys are paddling together. Um, and after hours of racing, of sort of 10, 11 hours of by that stage, um just trying to hang on and sort of go deep. What was going on mentally for you at that stage? Sort of thinking that it's mm. maybe coming down to yeah. a dash to the finish line. What are you thinking of? What's going through your head? That was unfortunately a little bit um ugly states would i say because um it was high flow um hard to get rid of each other yeah i was too aware of her having too much local knowledge because i haven't haven't done that section of the river before i had no idea about it mm. and um i just decided to stay with her and i don't think she was 100 happy about that so right. it was just playing some tactics and just um not taking taking a wrong uh, break there and just uh, making yeah. sure that um, we finish together. So yes, yes, um, yes. we both have kind of the same starting point for the for the last ride. Yeah, yeah. So for your, I mean, it's uh, it's there's probably no not too many options. Just being a big brown river and sort of like a, a bit of luck involved. Yeah, but well. it was just kind of on my mind that she has battled that section so many times. Obviously, yeah. she comes from Christchurch. And they, I think, do press monkey racing there, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. it's her whole playground. And I had, I have not been there before. I haven't battled that section. 
before in yep. my life. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I just had to play those um, uh, tactics that I don't, I don't always like so much. But I just really yeah. decided I just have to have to stay with her and. Mm -hmm. um, and that's there. racing, I guess, at the end of the day, isn't it? Like you're, uh, you, you're yeah. I mean, I have been followed by um, my closest competition guy often. Like last year, Simone followed me um, down the main Vimac 70k's the whole whole day, and then she rode away from me on the last ride. So yeah. yes, unfortunately, sometimes um, you just have to toughen up and understand that's that's a part of racing, as we don't have any drafting rules for um, running or kayaking. So. Yeah, for sure. That's right. And then it just got into a uh, dash to the finish line of a transition. Yeah, I think I had a very quick transition. Thank you, um, Richard and Nalia, who were helping me at the transition. Um, I just um, took my kayaking gear off, jumped in my shoes and run up to the bikes as fast as I can. Yep. And yeah, then yeah. I felt like I had really good energy, I think, because we were not battling the heart. So I had a little bit of time to recover and get really ready and all my energy back for the last 15k sprint nice that's awesome so so again like as we've talked about the, the other uh um guests on the show tonight what you're learning you've been here 17 times this is your 17th time <laughs> we're always learning is there a learning after after doing the race that, that many times for you is there any takeaways that actually i could do that better or hey i want to work on that a little bit more any takeaways that you could share yeah, obviously, I'm um, always learning. Everyone is always learning if you yeah. if you are really careful and think what happened there and what you want to do differently. So, I have few areas that I um, and where I want to want to improve physically and mentally if I decide to race again. And um, I could always do my nutrition a little bit better. I right. think this year I was I was better than what I was last year, but I still have some some things there what I believe I can improve can you share with us what that nutrition thing is is it is it how you're feeling in the run or is it towards the back end of the race that you're wanting to try and improve um yeah it just when it gets hard and technical and stressful you still have to remember to keep eating yeah and mm. i think often it, on, the, on the mountain run it is it is a little bit difficult to remember to drink because yes. we are not carrying anything with us so we have to we keep um filling up our bottles um, or bottle from yep. the river and then I don't know I I often think that oh not this river crossing next one when I'm gonna take some water and then it just keeps going like that for an hour and then I realized well I still haven't had anything to drink so yes but, it's, yep. it's just it's just a very very important part of the race to keep um, on top of your energy levels because especially at the end of the race you really feel that if, if you haven't been eating or uh, haven't been drinking during so, the day. Elena, you've, you've had such a history with this race. Um, I guess this year would have been a little bit special in that you got to head down old, go, old uh, West Coast Road again. How, how was that? Did that kind of come back in the memory banks or were you still too much in the paint in the hurt locker then? Um, yeah, it was very, very rainy that uh, stage when I was on, on the West Coast Road. So i couldn't even recognize that and um i honestly i was not too sure where this kayak transition was going to be so i had times when i was a little bit unsure if i was actually on the right road yeah. because yeah. 
<laughs> Sometimes I can't be so blind that I can realize, I can see the um, signage. Yes. Like yes, last, yes, yeah. last year, I rode past the last turn off uh, coming into New Brighton. Oh, no. I went straight um, through and I went, um, uh, yeah, like a couple of days wrong until I realized that, oh, I actually missed the last turn off. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's yeah. tough when you sort of got the blinkers on and just in your own zone and just trying to go as hard as you can with the head down yeah. at the moment. I, I had my GPS, my um, bike computer, uh, reading the case, so that helped. Yeah. But I still, because I I haven't haven't been down um, that part of the river before, so I wasn't exactly sure where that mm. tune off was going to be. Yeah. And because they said there will be a little like a gravel road section as well, so um that's what i wasn't 100 percent sure how how long that section was going to be nice work definitely an adventure uh as part of the race in terms of uh making it up as you went along and and super well done in terms of for you just to get through it in one piece go the right way and and race hard as we talked about right at the start like cool to see you mixing it up and uh we look forward to see you for the 18th version next year <laughs> maybe Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think you're the first one that's actually said yes to that question. Everyone else has been a bit coy about that. So, yeah. no, that's fantastic, yeah. Alina. I'm sure. Well, yeah. it was actually my husband, Richard, who already had a training plan for me. Um, when I finished on Saturday, he says that, oh, I actually know how we can improve your this and this for next year. So, oh, right. <laughs> that so was surprised playing. because... Oh, so far, it's um, me who always says, "Oh, I'm going to be back next year." But now, no, I'm maybe just, um, you guys should team up as a um, as a tandem team next year, eh? So you can see, see if we still got it. <laughs> well, I think uh, Richard is a little too busy with his um, businesses uh, these days. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, thanks, um, thanks for your time tonight, Elena. Um, every year, it's great to see you out there, giving it heaps and uh, and all your enthusiasm and stuff around the place. So um, well done and. Uh, Good luck for any uh, adventures you got coming up this year. Thanks so much, guys. Okay. Well See you. Um, Seventeen years doing that event just just goes to show, doesn't it? There's just there's just something about that race that just keeps pe bringing people back time after time after time. And and for Elena, she's um she's been at the pointy end for so long, um, and mm. she's always out there giving it heaps. Um, so cool to see. Yeah, no, super rosé. And yeah, absolutely. And great to have a, a really closely fought women's race. It was super exciting to yeah, follow. Yeah, it always and, is. Uh, um, it always is pretty close. Yeah, it's always it's a good race to watch. Um, so we've got one more guest up tonight. Um, this guy's quite fast. Yeah, a little bit faster than me, I think, for most of the time. Um, yes, no, absolutely. Quite fast. It's a good summary, Matt. Well done. Straight to the point. Um, yeah. yeah, so... Braden's Braden is this year's Coast to Coast Longest Day champion, adding a fourth Coast to Coast title to his name, which is pretty cool. So um, after COVID spoiled his plans for now cancelled NZ Ironman, um, he was spurred on by owner Mike Davis to hit the Kathmandu Coast to Coast starting lineup. So with a mere 36 hours of prep time, Braden dusted off his kayak. Apparently he put a couple of patches on that were, had a few cracks or holes in it as well, which I'm interested to hear about. Um, and uh, and uh, sort of, got the boat on the roof of the car and headed for Greymouth. So, um, yeah, pretty cool to have Braden on the start line and, and uh, super cool to have him on the show tonight. Good evening. Good evening, Hey, sir. team. How are we? Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah, we're all good. 
That's awesome. Hey, firstly, congratulations on the win, Braden. What did it mean to win the Kathmandu Coast to Coast for the, for the fourth time for you? Um, yeah, I guess numbers don't really uh, sit with me, Rich, as you would know. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't know four, but um, it was awesome. You know, it's such an incredible race. Um, I love that course. Um, you know, Goats Pass, that run, there's nothing like it. Uh, in this world I think probably the run itself the fact that you get to race across that kind of terrain um, yeah. even all the like trail running races in the world I've never done something as technical um, as what that race is and or what that course is and um, that's just awesome you know it keeps you mentally stimulated um, so busy and yeah across the finishing line um, I know it was a bit of a different year and uh, yeah, things are definitely spur of the moment, but um, it was still it was an incredible feeling. Um, and I guess for me personally too, it's just great to see that I have actually progressed <laughs> in a lot of ways over the years, mm -hmm. and in a lot of ways in my uh, as an athlete. Um, so yeah, it was a really special feeling. Yeah, and that was one of the questions I wanted to ask as well with you comparing was it 2016 or so when you did it last? Um, how do you how did you feel on that mountain run? How did it sort of unfold? And I guess to be able to hold yourself together and continue racing hard to the back end of the race. Yeah, yeah you, it was. It was going to be incredibly difficult. I thought. Um, I, I didn't really know how the race would unfold. I didn't know how I would run across that terrain, considering it's been so long. And I used to know it, uh, you know, inside out. And uh, mm. I used to be probably. Um, so much more aggressive i would say uh i'd jump off any kind of boulder or gap anything that i could gap and you yeah. know if there was um you know maybe that that drop down the far side um when you get into the minger there there's a couple of big kind of drops so it says caution slow down you know i used to just jump straight off the front of them and not worry about it um i knew i'd be a bit slower this year um I'm, i don't say i'm old but i'm getting older and uh the idea of jumping off banks the knees start to quiver a little bit so Yep. Yeah, I didn't know how the run would unfold. I didn't know how much slower I would be than what I've been in the past um, and how that would affect my race. But I also knew that, yeah, I've been racing for a long, well, 10, 12 years now. Um, I've done a lot of Ironmans. I've done a lot, a lot of endurance racing. And I knew that, yeah, later on in the race, I reckon I was going to be stronger than I ever have been before. Um, mm -hmm. So I kind of took that bit of confidence and I, I eased up a little bit on the run and, hoped that that would right. kind of shine through later on in the race. Nice. It's not bad saying a 305 mountain run. Uh, I eased up, um, especially in those conditions as well. Did you feel that, um, like, as Bobby Dean said, he was saying, like, he was kind of matching you on that crazy stuff, but did you actually try and lay it down and sort of go hard across the bits you could actually run? Was that kind of a bit of a tactic of that mountain run for you? Or was it just um, the way it no, no, I think that's always been our tactic. You're, yeah, you're obviously yeah. my first coach when I started, and it's a pretty yeah. simple formula when you're in there. There's there's certain sections you can run fast and really try and drop the case, and there's certain sections that no matter how hard you push, you're not actually going to go that much faster. So, you know, yeah, um, yeah there was there was definitely sections where, um, you know, you get half a K of open straight kind of goat track and then you know you get back into boulders and you pull it up and try and conserve from busting a shin open or something so yeah, yeah um yep. it was good good and you made it in one piece to the end mate i've got a tiny little bit of chafing on my back and uh right. that's my worst injury this year so um, amazing actually 
yeah, that's really impressive. So, hey, we need to address the elephant in the room being you. Actually I stopped being talking about my wife like that, mate. She's here. So, oh, good if you didn't. Tough. Sally's here. You she heard you calling her elephant. Yeah, uh, not in your room. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. No, <laughs> no, just in, in terms of actually getting an entry into the vet. So, I was entered in the two day, um, but like everyone else, wasn't able to transfer the longest day. Um, so, while that was a bit frustrating, as as for these old knees, I was actually going all right. Um, with with numbers limited and things like that due to COVID, I mean it is what it is. But but you're a professional full time athlete, and racing is what you do, and 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 having you on the start line really adds to the race and and ultimately the publicity that the event actually receives. So, I mean, you must even um, receive appearance fees, I'd imagine, from racing some events. So, so basically, your from my perspective anyway, your situation's a bit different from others, from mine and other participants. So. Tell us a little bit about that decision-making process. How did it come about to say, actually, this coast-to-coast might actually be an option? Or maybe uh, just looking at Taupo was kind of a little bit like, was it ever going to happen? Probably not really once events started falling over and the nature of that event with all the people that come to do that one. So tell us a little bit more about your you and Sally's decision-making process around, actually, this might be a thing and let's go and have a crack at it. Um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was pretty hard, actually. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's such a tricky time being a professional athlete um, right now, you know, nothing's guaranteed, there's no race I can, I train, you know, I've trained for 12 months, probably eight different races this year and got to do three of them, Um, and uh, yeah, it's it's pretty frustrating, you know, and I mean, it's it's my job, but um, yeah, you put a lot of hours, a lot of time into it and then you don't get to perform um or do what you do so yeah it's been yeah definitely a tough year uh well um, what it's been it's been what it has been um it's been a good year but frustrating year um and i think uh honestly coast to coast had not even entered my thoughts um you know i i love the race and i've always wanted to come back but it, it wasn't something that was yeah I didn't even think about it. And, uh, yeah, sure. The owner, um, Mark Davies, he, uh, every year he hits me up every year. He questions like last five years. It's always Braden. You're coming back. You're coming back this year. Yeah. Go, I've got a spot for you. You're coming back. You're coming back. Yeah. Uh, it's always been a bit of a running joke, um, between me and him of what it would take to get me back on that start line. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was definitely no appearance fees for this one, but, uh, yeah, I guess with, um, it was a joke, on the Tuesday that I put up a post just to probably out of anything to annoy Dougal Allen. <laughs> I it was funny. <laughs> uh, that yeah, I was going to jump yeah. on the start line um, on the Tuesday if Ironman wasn't cancelled, uh, if Ironman was cancelled. And, um, and then actually reality sunk in when Ironman was cancelled. And uh, I sort of, in a lot of ways, I felt like I'd already overcommitted. <laughs> I had to do it. I had to. I had to. Um. I had to do it. I had to get it done. So, yep. yeah, I I definitely hedged my bets. Um. I looked at the river flows for the last few weeks, and I saw that peak two weeks or a week and a half ago mm. that was up around six hundred QMX, and I knew that for the river to drop down to, um, you know, under one eighty before race day wasn't going to be likely. In fact, it wasn't yep. going to happen. So I knew there was going to be a high chance that it was going to be a shortened kayak. Um, and yeah, I thought, well, it'd be, it'd be great to be back on that start line and, and have a crack at it. Yeah, no. So, so, I mean, that's a, 
it's a let's kind of figure things out and make the best decision we can and just go and as you say go and have a crack go and do a race go and put the training to use and see what i can actually do which is pretty cool to to have that opportunity so a taper is a taper you 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 I did a 32 hour training week the week before and then uh, on Wednesday I did a five hour ride with a hour hard run off and uh, I went to the gym that evening and I told my coach I was like I'm really tired and I think I might end up doing coast this weekend and uh, <laughs> she said oh we should probably taper then so that was Wednesday night um, okay drove up Thursday uh afternoon and yeah had friday off and but uh but it's not just a just to have a friday thursday friday off there's just jobs to do isn't it um i heard in, in some media that i that you had a few holes in your boat there's a bit of fiberglassing to be done obviously a grade two kayak certificate that you had to sort out there's it's not simple no no we all know coast to coast uh has a lot of logistics to it and yeah. uh you know that's some of the that's the funnest thing about doing the coast is that you've got to kind of you can think a lot there's a lot of little um intricacies to this race so yeah, yeah five years or six was it six years ago when i last raced um yeah. we were coming home and i was too tired to drive we had our car with the kayak on the roof and a box trailer on the back and Sally was driving and she pulled into a driveway and then went to reverse out and jackknifed the trailer into the kayak, snapped the kayak uh, in half. And uh, I pretty much threw it in the shed at that point of time and um, said, well, that's probably the end of the kayak. I'll never see you again. Um, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was no. a quick, quick moment yeah. um, there when I decided to do it, to grab some fiberglass and uh, chuck a few layers on and a bit of resin underneath and, um, yeah, came up all right and uh, put it on the roof and, yeah, it floated. <laughs> yep, yep. And did, do you have a bilge pump just in case, like just to pump it out if it's not floating very well? Yeah, so I, I did have to, that's this part, I had to do a quick refresher with Bob um, on my grade two certificate. Uh, yeah. yeah, lucky enough, we had been doing like a, a seven-day sea kayaking trip in Fiordland um, a few months ago. So he felt pretty confident that I could still paddle a boat. Um, right. but yeah, we went to the lake and made sure that it floated and made sure I could still do an Eskimo roll and, uh, yeah, we're good to go. Yeah. Good job. That's awesome. <laughs> that's good. Good to hear that actually let's go down the lake and sort that out rather than it's just a, I'll oh, just write one off for you. That's, that's good to hear from Bob as well. Um, so, so go like, did you go into the race with a, I've got nothing to lose type attitude or were you a bit nervous on the start line? Where was your head at? I, um, so I, I I decided to race and I was like, yeah, okay, cool. We're good. Yep. And with Sally, obviously Sally was pretty negative um, towards the concept of me racing. Uh, she thought it was a, a really bad idea and yeah. that I shouldn't race. Um, but I was kind of being quite stubborn and was like, nah, I've got nothing else to do. Like, I just want to, I've got all this fitness. I want to go do something with it. Yeah. And um and then I, so I was like, okay, cool. And I convinced her and she jumped on board and she was all committed. And then we drove up to, uh, up sort of up the West coast a little bit on Thursday. I didn't sleep a wink that night. I was, um, I was so stressed. <laughs> I haven't been that nervous. <laughs> I haven't been that nervous for a world camps. Like, uh, man, I, I started peeking out. I was like, Oh my God, what have I done to myself? Like <laughs> I've really set myself up here. I didn't even have to do this, you know, like yeah, yeah. it doesn't, it, I didn't have to come and do this race. I've really put myself in it. And, uh, 
yeah, I lied there tossing and turning and felt squeezy and had a sore back and, um, yeah, all the kind of nervous responses that you get, um, came steaming out and, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, I guess Friday, um, was so busy just packing and trying to organize my gear and, um, yeah, just throwing everything in the boat that we could find and stuff like that, that, yeah, the nerves kind of dampened down and I was so tired by Friday night that I actually slept, um, and we were good to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, that's great to hear from 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 everyone else's perspective that you were nervous. Like, oh no, that's that's great to hear. Just what was actually going on, rather than the cool collector. Nah, I've got this. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine in your head for a start. That's awesome. And and also that whole we come up with niggles, don't we, in the lead into races. Like, oh, my knees a bit dodgy. And then after, once you start, you don't even feel it anymore. But that's good to hear from our perspective as well. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing uh, that uh the mind power the ability to create uh i guess injuries and aches and pains and headaches just from stress or nerves yep yeah yeah uh you've got quite a skinny boat could you keep it upright was there any nervous kind of moments a bit twitchy because there was a bit of a boily sort of a bit going on in the river there it wasn't just your your normal sort of skinny low flow was there a few sort of half pie brace strokes going on or how was the paddle um I, the, the paddle went by pretty quick, actually. Yeah, I was pretty happy. Um, I, I, yeah, I started in a UFO, was my first kayak, um, yeah. and have paddled that Phantom since I swapped out. So I haven't really ever had an issue with stability. Um, yeah, there were some big boily lines, um, but most of it for me, the fun part was like just reading the braids, reading the river, and yeah. um, like trying to just go back into the old memory bank of, you know, which way the flow, where there's more flow falling off on this flat section. And yeah. I look, you know, to 5K down the river and go, yeah, the fall tends to be more to the river right. I'm going to start heading that way on those braids and, and trying to choose the fastest flowing braids that I could see and stuff. And, yeah, I, that actually was quite stimulating and it made the paddle go by relatively quickly. Um, so, yeah, no, it felt it felt pretty good. Nice, that's awesome. And as you say, like back to that mountain run, there's so much going on, isn't there? And uh, stuff to think about. It's not just a, an Ironman, I'm just in the hurt lock and I'm I'm uh, I'm locking myself in there and just going as fast as I possibly can. That's a nice yeah. part about racing this particular course, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely different like dynamics. Um, you know, a lot of the time you've got the pressure in Ironman that you know how close people are and you know what the splits are exactly to people and you're sort of challenged by that in a lot of ways. Um, yep. But yeah, coast to coast, a lot of that course, um, you're very much focusing on what you're actually doing over what other athletes are doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and just going back to your bike, like that, you've always been a good runner and the cycling is something that you've really developed and you've seen that in that Taupo Ironman win last year in terms of how strong your bike is. First of all, just in terms of how you rode it, did you change bikes halfway through with that first half being so hilly or did you adjust your gears going into that first section how did you approach that and, and sort of how did you feel that you went across that bike ride um oh, i kept things pretty simple i i didn't want to change bikes um there's a lot of in my mind there's a lot of flat sections and really fast sections early on in that ride and like uh, there were times where we were sort of hitting 60 70k an hour um down past lake pearson and that and through those flats and I probably wouldn't have been able to do that on a road bike. So I figured all those sections I'd make up any time that I lost on the climbs um, yep. on my TT bike. Uh, I did still have a 56, uh, 42 chain ring 
on the front. Um, yep. So she was a bit of a dinner plate up uh, Porter's Pass and I was, yeah, I was definitely yeah. grovelling to keep it going. Craigie, the Craigie Burn yep. cutting, that's the real yes, steep Craigie Burn cutting, that one little hot mix corner there had me um, had me crunching for a, for a little bit to get around there. I was a bit worried I was going to have to jump off and push for a sec. But, um, <laughs> no, nah, it was, yeah, no, nah, it was definitely – I. I knew as well, like um, on that ride, uh, obviously I felt Dougal was going to be my strongest competition on the yep. bike. Um, yeah. Bobby had an amazing run uh, and I knew he was going to run really well. Uh, yep. I'd heard, obviously done a quick bit of research to see that, you know, he's had some great running races before and um, has had some of the faster times. So I knew the difference between us wouldn't be that big. Um but I also know how well Dougal can ride a bike um, and the amount of time he's taken out of me on that last 70k bike in the coast to coast in the past has been probably equivalent to what he might have needed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that ride's really hilly. Um, yep. you know, there's a lot of climbing, uh, obviously, in that first part of that ride. Um, so I knew that would probably work in my advantage. And as long as I push those hills pretty hard um yep. he would find it hard to make time up on me yeah yeah so good that's awesome um so reflecting back on your sort of race experience what's your learning to sort of take forward to the rest of the season so you're going over to utah what's what so before you answer that question what is your plan going forward for the rest of the year yep so plan going forward for the rest of the year um i've probably got i've got six week training block here and then yep. i head to uh, utah um so st george which is the postponed ironman world championships from last year um so that's on may the 7th um i i kind of need to get about a top 10 there to qualify for kona because i've got to Mm re-qualify um after that i fly back to australia and a couple weeks later i race ironman asia pacifics championships in Cairns. um and then we'll do, yeah, we'll do a small training block in Noosa, about five weeks. Um, and then I head to Slovakia again um, for the Collins Cup race. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then head straight to Maui for a, a four-week training block before Kona Ironman World Championships as long as I qualify. Nice. So it's a big year. You've got a lot, lot, uh, lot to do all over the place. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I think there's uh, uh, the good thing about now on is pretty. Um, what do you say? Uh, uh, and it's pretty guaranteed. I think. Yeah, uh, I believe world champs in Utah is pretty guaranteed. America mm. racing seems to be pretty guaranteed. Europe yeah. racing, obviously, I went there last year. It's pretty guaranteed. Um, yeah. And Australia, you know, I believe now by the looks of it, that they've. They've definitely moved on. Um, so that, that, there's quite a good feeling that to know that there's, you know, the training that I do from now on is probably is probably going to go towards an actual race. Yeah, that's right. It's something to get stuck into. So going back to that question, uh, your learnings, is there anything that you take out of the Coast to Coast event to take forward to that year that you've got ahead of you? Um, I think just enjoyment. Like I, I did really enjoy myself out there. Um, yep. Uh, a real simple one is this is the first year that I've actually taken, uh, a, well, I cut a cream, a little cream bottle open and used a, a cream bottle as a cup. Um, yep. So it's the first year I've ever taken a cup across Goats Pass and I actually drank quite a lot of water. 
Um, yep. And man, I felt so much better from drinking water. So, uh, so that use your hands. Yeah, normally, I just use my hands uh, as yep. I was running through the river, but you sort of only tend to get a mouthful each time if you're lucky. Um, yep. So you know, running with the cup uh, meant that I could consume quite a lot more fluid. I lost two bottles on that first bike ride, so I. I actually didn't have, I had quite, I was pretty dehydrated going into that run. Um, so I got yeah. to make up all it. And then I lost another bottle uh, on that second bike ride. Um, so yeah, it, it would have been a pretty long, dry day without that crank up. Yeah, just opening your mouth, hoping it was going to rain. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, so I've, got a, I've got a question about your boat repair. Um, did it still go in a straight line or did you, or you specifically just make it cocked over so it kind of always went a little bit to the right just because you checked the river out or? Yeah, just tacking a little bit, eh? Yeah, and then <laughs> Canterbury Plains tends to fall to the right a little bit more south. So <laughs> I added a little bit more glass to the right, um, just, you know, a bit of a keel. Um, yeah, okay. yeah, it, yeah, it worked right. It worked well. I'd expect nothing less from you, Brian. Uh, and my other question: um, You've obviously been relaxing after the race. You got a bit of a bit of bit of stubble starting to form there, eh? What's what's up with that? Well, it's probably just a couple of days now. Yeah, really <laughs> broken through puberty um, in the last few years and been able to grow some facial hair. So, um, <laughs> well, yes, yeah, three or four days going now. Um, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, thanks. Yeah, thanks for that, Matt. I'll take that as feedback. I'll work on that. <laughs> Something to work on. Yeah. But you're learning for next year, Rich. <laughs> exactly. I'll put that down. No, yeah. Awesome. Hey, thanks for your, thanks for um, your time tonight, Braden. Much appreciated. Thanks for for putting yourself out there, having a crack at the race, and it definitely made for interesting, exciting racing for all that was involved as well. And and uh, yeah, super excited um, to see and follow you for the year ahead. So uh, thanks for joining us, and all the best. Yeah, cool. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, thanks to all your followers and, and what you guys do for the sport in New Zealand. It's uh, it's awesome. Cool. So, thanks, Brian. Cool. Thanks, yeah. thanks. Thank you, guys. Good job. Well done, Matt. Yeah, it sounds like um, being a professional athlete is quite good. You kind of get to trip around the world and do all these different things, you know, but guess that 35-hour week training block, that's, yeah, that's not the point. <laughs> sounds a bit hard and then what, a five-hour bike ride with an hour run and then let's go to the gym yeah. tonight. The yeah, race to coast no, to coast on the weekend. Careful doesn't there, sound man. like there's a whole lot of smoke, though, does there? We're now for lunch. <laughs> no, there's yeah. not a whole lot of smoke. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, fantastic. So, yeah, great show tonight. Thanks for pushing the buttons, Matt. Um, right. We have got some extra coaching availability, actually. I'll just throw that out there for those that uh, are looking at other adventures, events, maybe this event uh, coming up potentially. So uh, just get in touch, flick us a message if you do want a bit of a hand on, on whatever your adventure you might have in front of you. But, hey, a big thanks to you, Matt. Thanks to Bobby, Vicky, Ethan, Alina, and Brayden for their time and sharing their stories. And and also just all of those, obviously, organisers, all the athletes that finished, but 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 a big well done and and uh, and well done for putting yourself out there for those people that didn't quite finish. There was obviously a lot this year, and, and that was really disappointing. Um that those people weren't able to get to the finish line and and it was tough this year as well it's not a given that you can make it across that finish line so there's definitely no less effort put in if you didn't quite make it but uh but just from my perspective is is well done for putting yourself out there having a decent crack at it and knowing that you've done your best that's the most important thing so and we're looking forward to seeing all of those people again on the start line to to make sure that they can take their longer stay off um yeah. and hopefully a nice yeah. sunny um tailwind yeah, and to the people that um, you know that have been following this podcast, and the people that this time last year decided actually, hey, I might have a bit of a crack at the coast to coast. So yeah, you know, yeah. got the running shoes on, committed to a bit of a training plan, maybe a life, some some lifestyle 
changes and, and, and had some goals to work towards. And sure, it wasn't this year, but, you know, this, this event's been around 40 years. I'm, I'm sure it'll, it'll keep going. So um, hopefully you guys that didn't make to the start line this year, uh, we'll see you um, about this time next year, early in the morning. Headlights on, <laughs> ready to go. Yeah, getting amongst that. Well done. Hey, thanks, Eeps. Uh, show's proudly brought to you by TMCP, your endurance coaching specialist. And uh, until next time, we'll catch yep. up soon. See you next time. Thanks, Rich. It's the best Kiwi event in New Zealand. This. Crossing New Zealand in one or two days. Why do I do it? Because I love it. Three, two, one, go!